Welcome to Girl Meets 30, a podcast exploring the unexpected journey to becoming a 30-something. Hi, I'm your host, Tara, here to share experiences from my 20s that have changed my life, while also interviewing others about their journeys. Through these conversations, I hope to inspire you to choose your best life and to prove you're not alone if you're feeling like life has taken you somewhere totally different than where you expected. In this space, we define our own success. Hey, what's up, you guys? Happy Monday and happy President's Day. I'm happy to be back with another episode this week, and I am excited because this week's episode is going to be just a little bit different, or a lot different. Basically, I'm just going to be having some chill conversations about music and celebrities that we grew up with. Truthfully, as the weekend went on, I just kind of decided I would prefer a super chill podcast this week. I've kind of had a lot of things going on, just a bunch of tasks to accomplish, and hey, this is my show. I get to do what I want, right? It was just that the idea of sitting down and planning something out for this week just like did not appeal to me at all. I felt like I had so many other things that I was really, really excited to be doing for work, and I know I'm lucky enough to like have work that I look forward to that like I was like, no, like I like doing these podcasts, but I was like, this is going to take away from what I really want to be doing right now. So I just didn't have the energy or the desire to like do something intense this week. So instead, I thought it would be a little bit more fun to have a a throwback episode and use the responses that you guys gave me on Instagram last week. So um, yeah, that's what we're going to do. But of course, we're going to start off by starting off with our Monday Mama of Gratitude. So As you guys know, last Monday was Valentine's Day, and I'm so sorry I really dropped the ball on that one. I can't believe that I didn't even say anything the entire time, not even one mention of it. But one of the responses to the gratitude sticker on Instagram was just being grateful for not having to worry about making plans for Valentine's Day, which I can totally understand. I'm not even a big fan of Valentine's Day, and I am a sucker for any excuse to celebrate a day. I love occasions. It's just like a thing for me. I mean, not sad occasions, but any kind of special occasion. I'm like, heck yeah, let's do it. Even if they're silly and unimportant. But even when I'm in a relationship, I've always kind of stressed about how big of a deal to actually make this holiday. Like, do we care? Do we not care? Do we still do something small together, even if we are saying that we don't care? Just, you know, for the sake of being together on Valentine's Day? Or do we, like, ignore it altogether? Do I make something homemade and heartfelt? Or do I have to buy some kind of, like, materialistic thing like you know what is this holiday (laughs) and also like why is it worth the stress I just don't feel like it is it it's kind of annoying to me and so honestly like this year the fact that I didn't have to stress about it at all the fact that I didn't even think about it like it did not even occur to me until later on in the day that it was Valentine's Day that was a very nice feeling And I didn't do even like an art post. Like last year I was doing Valentine's doodles in February and I didn't do anything like that this year. I just poof out of my brain. So anyway, I can relate to being grateful to not have to actually plan anything for the day. It's not worth the stress sometimes. But I also feel like this holiday is way more dreadful as like a a couple than it is for a single person. And I feel like for so long growing up, I thought that like if you were single on Valentine's Day, like, oh my gosh, that was so horrible. But now that I'm older, I'd much rather be single on Valentine's Day than be in a couple. But that's just me. Everyone's different. But I'm curious. I'd like to know from people who are in a couple, like, Do you have any interest in Valentine's Day? Do you think it's a cool holiday? Probably not. Does anyone think it's a cool holiday? Do you like celebrating it? Do you not really care much about celebrating it, but you do it anyway? Is there something I'm missing? I mean, of course, other than the obvious part about, you know, not having a significant other. 
do people still care about this holiday? I mean, obviously a lot of people complain about the commercialization of it and the fact that you shouldn't need one special day of the year to celebrate your partner, but I don't know, there are other occasions that kind of do the same thing. It's just not as commercialized. So is it the is it the fact that we don't need one special day for that or is it the fact that it's been commercialized that you're kind of like upset about it? I don't know. It never really hurts to do anything extra. Like I fully believe that, but I don't know. Is it possible to appreciate and dislike this holiday at the same time? I'm curious to know your thoughts. Definitely uh, let me know on Instagram or something and let's chat about it. And while I know I'm getting a bit carried away this time, considering we are still in the gratitude segment, I promise I will wrap this part up soon, but it just got me thinking about this one last thing, which is that I personally feel like this holiday is better for children than it is for adults. First of all, me as an adult does not want candy or chocolate or flowers or a stuffed animal. And maybe at this point, our gift should have graduated to something like jewelry or whatever, but I'm sorry, I don't want that either. I realize not everyone will share that opinion specifically, but that's fine. It's just not for me. My view on jewelry is that you just need like a few nice pieces that will last forever that are like timeless. And if you're lucky enough to get some hand-me-downs from an older family member that have some sentimental value, then that's like even better. And sure, yeah, it's nice to get like the occasional piece from your partner with that kind of sentimental value, but also I feel like it's way better to get jewelry for yourself because then you know that it fits your style and it's got that kind of like meaning to you I guess at least I've bought myself jewelry before and I it's my favorite stuff but I just don't personally understand like needing more jewelry I feel like you can only get so much jewelry in your life I don't know again that's probably something that everyone has a very different opinion on so and also like what do you do if you are just in a relationship and you break up like what do you do with that jewelry I have jewelry from past relationships I'm like what the heck do I do with this do I like take it to a pawn shop like what, what do I do with this jewelry I just I am I'm not a jewelry fan as a gift it's just no not for me no thank you Personally, I prefer to gift like experiences or quality time, kind of like fun adventure type of things. I, I just would rather have time together, I guess. Not some tangible item that may or may not get thrown away in the future. I don't know, maybe you guys can change my mind. If I'm missing something, if you celebrate this holiday, if you give gifts for Valentine's Day, let me know what you do. And yeah, I don't know, maybe there are some things that'll make this more enjoyable. <laughs> I'm just curious if the novelty of Valentine's Day is kind of dying or if it just naturally fades as you get older anyway, or if people have actually always disliked this, at least from the time that it became commercialized. But because children celebrate it at school and have so much fun with these like boxes and all the candy and activities, it's like, you know, like a day off. It's a party day at school. Maybe we're just brought up to think that this is like a fun holiday and then we get older and we realize like, oh, it's really not. And also, like, if you're going to go out to dinner or something for the holiday, then you end up getting stuck in the crowds of people. Like, I, I don't know, guys. It's, <laughs> it's not for me. You know, but then maybe that's just, like, me and my closest friend group that don't really care much for the holiday. And so, because of that, I'm starting to believe that people don't really care much about this holiday. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm definitely curious. Like, I don't know. When I was younger and I cared about Valentine's Day... <laughs> My parents were, well, they were on the brink of divorce <laughs> and um, they probably, I don't, I mean, not that I remember, I don't think they really did anything special for Valentine's Day at those times. You had four kids, like, what are you going to do? I don't know. But now I'm just kind of rambling. So <laughs> my point is, if you have an opinion about this holiday, even though I'm a week late, I definitely should have done this last week, reach out and let me know. I'm super curious. Maybe I'll even like post a sticker or, or a post on Instagram and just kind of like see what everyone thinks about it. 
But I'd also like to share another moment of gratitude. And we're going to actually like focus on the moment of gratitude portion of this instead of me ranting about Valentine's Day. But Gary says that he is grateful for getting creative. And I wanted to make sure that I included this one because I just absolutely love that response. That's just one of those that when I read it, it warms my heart. I love hearing stuff like that. I've always loved like being crafty and making things, but I never really had the confidence or saw myself as being like a super creative person for the longest time. And I still don't think that I'm like super creative, but I've tapped into that part of me and I have changed my views on what creativity means. But I did always like doing these sort of like artistic, creative expression type of things, mostly because I knew that if I spent enough time on it, that my perfectionism would allow me to keep working until it looked decent and would then encourage me to, you know, show it to people or something which is why I talked about in a previous episode how I just had to start an Instagram where I was just like posting stuff, whether it was good or not, just like getting it out there so I could get myself out of that shell and just kind of do it for myself. But in doing that, I realized that the more you do creative things, the more that creativity grows. It is a muscle that you have to train. There's a wonderful quote from Maya Angelou that says, you can't use up creativity. The more you use, the more you have. And it's so true. Like like I said, it's a muscle that you have to work. And once you start working that muscle, it becomes like easier to get creative, I suppose. So it's like the greatest renewable resource. It's excellent. And so anytime that I hear about people having these creative weeks, creative days, creative months, doing these activities or whatever that exercise that muscle, I get really pumped. So heck yeah, go you, Gary. Thank you so much for sharing. As for myself this week, I am grateful for otter. <laughs> This is not a sponsored episode at all, but who knows, you know, maybe someday. Wouldn't that be nice? Hint, hint. (laughs) Otter is an app that has helped me a lot with this episode and also with many of my previous episodes. Personally, I'm the type of person that likes to process things by getting it out. I feel like my brain is cluttered and the space is just like not easily organized. And so for me, if I want to process something, I either have to do it verbally or by writing and so getting it out on paper or anywhere is really really helpful for me this is why I prefer thinking out loud but I also have to toe the line of thinking out loud and talking to myself so that's always super fun I'm sure people look at me in the car because that's probably my favorite place to think out loud is in the car and I'm sure if like people see me talking well hopefully they just think that I'm like rapping or singing a song or I'm on the phone or something because you know everyone's got bluetooth now but yeah, I'm always talking to myself or, or thinking out loud in the car because that's just how I process my thoughts. I'm really putting myself out there right now. If you relate, definitely let me know so I don't feel as um, ridiculous right now. But <laughs> anyway, because of that and knowing that about myself, Otter is one of my favorite apps to use. So the really cool thing about Otter is that you can record voice memos but it will transcribe everything because one of the most frustrating things about writing out all your thoughts is that it takes quite a bit of time. Sometimes you have the time for that. Sometimes it's very therapeutic. Sometimes it's great. But other times you're driving and you just can't do that. So when you need to brain dump and you're driving, for example, I just pull up Otter and I (laughs) talk to my phone and think out loud for a little while. It transcribes everything. So then later when I want to go back through my thoughts, it's all right there in perfect text or you know, pretty perfect. It does a pretty good job of transcribing everything. It also would be really good if you're doing interviews or something with people or if you want to like have a podcast but then have it transcribed for an episode and you want to put it like on your website if you want to make it more accessible to everyone. And then it's really nice. I know for me, like when I when I brain dump audio messages, I don't want to have to listen to the entire audio message to like get back to that point that I realized like halfway through or something. 
So having Otter available means that I can then, when I'm done later, just go back and look through the text and I'm like, oh, that was the thing that I needed to remember. And it's all right there instead of me listening to myself ramble for 15 minutes. Which is why this is something that I'm grateful for this week because I already recorded this episode, guys. I'm embarrassed to say it, but I already recorded this episode. And I'm not using any of it because I was stupid. I decided that I wasn't going to sleep the other day. I'm in the process of shifting my sleep schedule because, as you know, I teach online to students in China, so I work on a different time zone. There are 13 hours ahead, and during Chinese New Year, none of the kids were in school, so instead of having evening classes with me, they were having morning classes with me, which meant instead of me having morning classes, I was having evening classes. So it meant that I was staying up later rather than getting up hours before dawn. So I had to flip my sleep schedule a bit. And now I'm experiencing a sort of jet lag. (laughs) It's very, very frustrating, but I'm actually all caught up today. And I think that's why I have the energy to actually record this episode. But I went through and I recorded this episode before in the middle of the night when I was like all jacked up on caffeine, trying to make myself get through the episode and stay up until my next class. And it was just a mess. Like I went back and listened to it and it was two hours long of just like chaos And like, yeah, that's fine for me to put in Otter, but that is not fine for me when I'm trying to edit a podcast because it's going to take way, 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 way too long to try and make any sense of that. And so in summary, I took my phone with the Otter app running and I put it up to my computer where I had recorded the podcast and I just let it run for two hours and I did my own thing while it did that work for me. It transcribed everything and then I took that text and I put it into the place where I keep all of my notes which is Notion, if anybody's interested. I use Notion, love Notion. And I organized everything, moved all the text around, deleted stuff, saved stuff for future episodes, and here we are now. It has made things so much easier for me, and honestly, the lesson I've learned here is that I really do just need to plan my stuff out a little bit better, even if I don't want to, because this whole, oh, I'm just gonna freely talk about whatever, it doesn't work for me, and I should know that. All right, so that's it for me for this week's Monday Moment of Gratitude. That app has been very helpful for me in past episodes. It's also obviously been very helpful for me this week, and I'm sure it will be very helpful in the future. I used to use it before I started recording podcasts as well. Like I said, just for like brain dumping in in the car or if I was like laying in bed at night and I didn't want to type something up and the interface in it is black. So it's nice because it's not like exposing you to like this, you know, really bright blue light or anything. And so sometimes my best thoughts to me come at night. So I'll just like open up Otter and I dump. (laughs) And so if any of you guys do end up checking out that app because it does sound like something that you can relate to or something that might be helpful for you, then 100% let me know. I would love to know if this app works for you. I don't think that it is for everyone. Not everyone needs this. Not everyone processes this way. And for some people, it might just be like overkill or annoying. And that's fine. It's not for everyone. But if any of the things I said kind of relate to you and how you process things and how you like to organize your life, then by all means, try it out and let me know how it goes. And for everyone else, if you want to be featured in next week's episode, make sure to head on over to my Instagram and go to my stories and let me know what you are grateful for in the past week. Plus, I just love hearing what things are filling you guys with joy at the moment. So I'm always grateful to anyone who shares their thoughts. All right, so today's episode is going to focus on throwing it back to the days of our youth, mostly discussing music, but maybe just a few other topics kind of working their way into this discussion as well. So I'd like to say thank you to everyone who engaged in my Instagram stories last week because one, you guys all brought me so much joy and so much nostalgia, 
But two, you also saved me a bit of planning this week because I'm able to get inspired by you guys and not have to do a whole lot of preparation. So thank you. I do want to start off by saying that I love all the music that you guys mentioned. I'm not going to go through and like list everything. I don't know if that's necessarily an appropriate use of the time, but it did inspire me to start listening to the 90s and 2000s stations on Sirius XM. And I don't know, I just, it just reminded me that like music has such a powerful way of triggering like the deepest memories. It's just so magical. Like the nostalgia is so real and I freaking love it, okay? And in doing all this and talking about all this, it just makes me wish that I still had a radio show in college. My friend Maddie and I had a radio show. It was called Hot Mess and it was such a fun way for us to hang out on Sundays, first of all, but also to share the music that we love and to talk about just, you know, whatever we felt like talking about. It was nice to have a combination of music and talking just to kind of like break it up a bit. I think I would probably prefer a radio show over a podcast. Is it wrong for me to say that since I have a podcast? I don't know. I've had both. So is it fair game? I don't know. Maybe I'd feel differently if my podcast wasn't a solo podcast. It's fun to have people around. Maybe I'll have to have Maddie on an episode and we'll kind of throw it back to our show from college. That would be really fun. Also, I feel so weird anytime I say the word college, which in America is totally normal, but like other English-speaking countries don't say college the way that we do. And then after living abroad and also learning other languages, the word college just seems really, really out of place for me. But I also feel like kind of like a, an imposter if I say like uni. So I typically end up saying university. And even that feels awkward, so I, I don't have a comfortable word that I use to talk about um, post-high school education. Anyway, I'm doing it again. I have, like, all of my text from Otter pulled up and everything organized, and I'm still getting off topic, so some things just never change. Anyway, so back to the music that we grew up with. The first thing I want to talk about is one of the things that I asked on my Instagram story, which is about what was your favorite music back then? You know, when you think of that time period of your life, what songs, artists, albums, etc. kind of like define that time for you. I really loved everyone's responses. They made me super happy. But um, I did want to talk about one in particular that was brought up because then it just like made my brain kind of tumble into other thoughts which is Spice Girls, of course. So mostly this just triggered the memory of me being a kid and going to Spice Girls-themed birthday parties and sleepovers. And that's, like, one of my strongest childhood memories for whatever reason. And we did, like, makeovers, and we got all dressed up, and everyone picked which Spice Girl they were going to be. We did our hair. We posed. We had, like, a whole photo shoot in front of this Spice Girls poster. And we basically stayed up all night watching the Spice World movie and singing the songs and eating snacks and junk food and so much fun, right? It's just a typical kid's party, right? But, like, we loved Spice Girls. And I still think about, like, the Spice World movie, too, from time to time. But for whatever reason, I have no idea why, but, like, Spice Girls didn't get carried along with me into, like, my my late teens and my 20s. I'm assuming most people do this, but like I have like throwback playlists like from really young in my childhood, from different genres, sometimes pop music, sometimes country music, sometimes this random mix of things, sometimes like middle school centered kind of stuff or like high school. So I have all these playlists from like way back when. And now that I think about it, Spice Girls never got put on any of them. And I don't know why that is because I loved the Spice Girls. I'm sure there are actually plenty of artists that I probably forgot to put on those playlists, but like, yeah, I realized in, in all of this that for whatever reason, Spice Girls never really made the cut on any of those, and I don't know why that is, because I know that if I was out somewhere and they were playing music and they started to play any Spice Girls song, that I would be just as excited to sing every single word of that at the top of my lungs as I would like any of those songs that were actually on my playlists. 
Anyway, did you guys ever have sleepovers or birthday parties themed like a musical group? I think it might be really common to do like movies maybe when you're really young or even maybe some TV shows or something, but I I don't think that doing musical groups is a very common thing, is it? I don't know, definitely let me know. Like, did anybody have like an NSYNC or Backstreet Boys theme party or <laughs> or anything else? Like Ja Rule, 50 Cent. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. I don't, I don't think that this is normal. I don't think that kids do musical groups. I mean, we did, clearly. But maybe we only did it because of the Spice World movie. Hmm. Do you think there were a bunch of kids that did like the like Justin Bieber themed birthday party, especially after his movie came out? Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I don't know. Now I'm curious. Anyway, next up is first concert, which Lindsay said that her first concert was a Raffi concert, which honestly never really crossed my mind to think about children's concerts like that. So I guess by this standard, my first concert probably was like a Sesame Street concert or something. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I went to one of those and I'm going to assume that it had to have been before... I was seven years old, which is when my actual first concert was. I had gone to an NSYNC concert in Michigan. I always assumed that it was in Detroit because usually that's where I would go to concerts. But when I was looking up the tour from the year that I went, they weren't in Detroit. They were in Grand Rapids and they were in Pontiac, Michigan. So both of those would have been feasible places to have gone to. I'm not sure which one it was. But I don't know. Either way, I was able to kind of like vaguely remember some of the set list, at least the songs that I had known at that point. I'm pretty sure that this was prior to their No Strings Attached album release because that got released in 2000 and this concert was in 99. But the set list did include quite a few songs from No Strings Attached. So it was kind of fun to like go back and find these two locations and the concerts and the potential set list because it just feels like a piece of history even though it's not like anything like important you know but I was like oh I was there like I was at that event I live that it makes you feel kind of old but also kids these days now are growing up with like everything that they experience on the internet so I guess it probably is a totally different feeling for them huh but according to the set list and also from that album me just knowing it existed one of the songs would have been it makes me ill I don't know if that song was ever actually like a popular release or if it was just one of the songs on the album so you would know if you were, you know, a fan that bought and listened to the whole album. But it kind of feels like a coincidence because in the past week, while I've been listening to Sirius XM, there was this like advertisement or whatever for music from the 2000s. And specifically, they used a clip from an Ariana Grande song. I don't know if you know this, but Ariana Grande used the hook from It Makes Me Ill in one of her recent songs, which I'm going to have to go listen to because I haven't actually listened to it. And I'm not a huge fan of Ariana Grande. I just don't really care all that much for her music. Sorry if that offends any of you. But also, I need to go listen to it to support NSYNC, I think. Ooh, that rhymed. <laughs> anyway, I heard the clip with the lyrics and I was like, I know this song, but it's not an Ariana Grande song. I'm confused. And it like took me a second. I was like, this is NSYNC. What the heck? And I was super confused. And it kind of reminded me of the very first time I found out that there are plenty of artists who don't actually write their own music. I think I was like eight or nine years old and I was at a friend's house and her dad was listening to music and the song God Must Have Spent came on and it was by some old group and I was so offended and I was like, what? is happening why in the world did somebody steal this song by nsync oh how wrong i was i was this like diehard nsync fan and when i thought someone had taken their song i was thoroughly infuriated (laughs) 
I ended up saying something to my friend's dad and he was like, no, sweetheart, you've got this all wrong. Like, that is not how that works. <laughs> my whole world kind of came crashing down that day. I mean, obviously not really, but it was definitely eye-opening. And I feel like it's hard sometimes because you idolize certain celebrities and you hold them to these standards only to find out that they aren't actually perfect. Shocker. I do hope that we're all past that now. But as a kid, that was probably my first like memorable exposure to something like that. It's also really common, I think, for people to get super invested in these boy bands and to become these super fans. Like when we were young, it seemed like you had to pick sides. You could get into like these friendship ruining arguments about these sort of things. So naturally, I had to, you know, engage in that and ask this question on my Instagram stories. I took a poll and I am pleased to gloat just a bit and say that NSYNC won the vote. Truthfully, it's not what I was expecting because I felt outnumbered as a kid. I thought Backstreet Boys was going to win, but you know, no offense intended, I don't get the appeal. I was listening to these throwback stations this past week and a Backstreet Boys song came on and I just don't see how there's any competition at all. Like honestly, I don't get it. Like I said, no offense, but what? So I'm gonna go ahead and take the win in that poll. I don't know if it's a totally accurate reflection of everyone's opinions, but it's an accurate reflection of mine, so that's where I'm going with. Not only did we argue about the bands and which one was better, but we also argued about who was the best member of each group. I personally was a huge Justin Timberlake fan. I don't know why, but just something about that ramen noodle hair. It got me, I guess. <laughs> and his voice. I mean, I don't even think that I love his voice that much, but I'm fully aware that there's a, a childhood part of me that is just always going to kind of swoon when I hear his voice. And so I'll never, ever be able to look at his voice objectively. It's just not possible. <laughs> And it is like a very distinct voice. You always know when it's Justin Timberlake. And even though I don't listen to his music anymore, whenever I hear his voice, I just fall in love all over again. It's ridiculous. I know I have no power in this relationship. Very unhealthy. But at least I'm aware of it. <laughs> he's, he's definitely no longer a celebrity crush of mine, but I also cannot fully escape that memory from the past. So it is what it is. When I asked about first crushes on Instagram, one of my friends said that his first crush was Brad Pitt. And I don't know, I think back on those times and I remember people talking about how attractive Brad Pitt was. Like this was like this universally accepted concept or, or fact basically. But why did I say fact so weird? But I'm embarrassed to say that I never actually knew what he looked like until I was I think like 16. I think that's how old I was when we watched the movie Troy at school. And I know that sounds a bit ridiculous because like who didn't know who Brad Pitt was but I had only known his name you'd hear about him all the time but I just had never seen his face and I had never seen his movies at that point so I don't know but if you guys have ever seen Troy considering that was my first impression of Brad Pitt I mean if you've watched that movie you know <laughs> pretty sure that was also my very first impression of a naked male body so <laughs> insert nervous laugh from you know the 16 year old girl inside of me but seriously he had like this perfectly sculpted godlike body figure and you know I guess that was that was appropriate because he was playing Achilles and literally just appropriate for the character and not for real life. I mean it's just not normal to look like that like it shouldn't even be legal. But as a 16 year old girl that was quite the introduction. <laughs> anyway a good call there on your first crush Chris and uh, anybody else who also crushed on Brad Pitt because I know that number is very high. This first crush conversation led me down another path that I never imagined this would take me on, and um, I can't even begin to explain to you guys how happy I am about this. Maybe some of you will not care at all about what this fact led to, and maybe others will be just as pleased as I was, but 
Have you guys ever heard of, I might butcher his name, but Devin Sawa, S-A-W-A? I'm not totally sure how to say his name. It's very interesting. I kind of wonder where it comes from. But anyway, this is one of the answers that was sent to me. Well, actually, that wasn't the answer. The answer was the boy from Casper. And when I looked up the boy from Casper to find his name, I found this really fun fact. But if you don't know, he was the boy from Casper, the movie that came out in 1995 with um, the Nick Carter hair. You know, that, that look that was super popular. It was like that longer blonde hair. Like not too long, but just long enough and kind of like shaped the face I guess in a way and it was parted right down the middle like that was such a common look at the time I looked it up in all of this that look was called the curtains cut and like so many people had that cut it was very signature of that time period and I think a bit in the 80s too but actually died off quite a bit in the 2000s and I think that some people are like bringing it back everything comes back not sure how I feel about that personally But this just led me down the rabbit hole of looking up 90s hairstyles. And I'm going to stop because I don't want to be here. And this is why I never get anything done. So thank you, internet, for all your recommended distractions. Anyway, this was the hairstyle of many young crushable celebrities. And when I looked up this Devin guy to see what he's been up to, I found out the best fact for anyone who is an Eminem fan. I mean, I thought this was a lot of fun. This guy ended up playing the role of Stan in the music video, Stan. And this is about to be way too many stands for a few sentences, but please bear with me. If you don't know the song Stan, it's about Eminem's biggest fan, whose name was, of course, Stan. And the majority of the song is from Stan's perspective. But he had this very unhealthy obsession with Eminem. And without going into too much detail on here, he sends these tapes to Eminem that he's recorded. Kind of like sending these fan letters, but they're tapes. And he's just expressing how he and his little brother idolize him. But the storyline progresses from a fan letter to some more sinister things. Like I said, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody if you don't actually know this song. It was definitely on MTV, though. Like, the music video was out. So if you missed it, definitely go check it out. If you know the song, well, then you know the song. (laughs) It's a really great song, but it's very intense, and I get chills every single time that I listen to it. Like, it makes me emotional. This is the one Eminem song that features Dido. If you don't already know the song that I'm referring to, maybe that will help you kind of recall it. As I started thinking about this song, I began to wonder if this has anything to do with the term stan that everyone now uses. I feel like I'm really aging myself because I don't feel fully comfortable using this word on my own in a sentence, but I know it can be used as a noun. I know it can be used as a verb. And people use it all the time over social media anymore. And I just never understood where it came from. Like, it doesn't really make sense grammatically. You're like, what? Like this, huh? This is a person's name and I don't get it. But you guys, I had this major revelation and then I fact checked it. And it's true. Eminem's stan is the original stan. I mean, according to the internet, which obviously only knows the truth. But it attributes the usage of the word stan in today's society to being coined in the year 2000 in Eminem's song Stan. Eminem stan is the original stan. Oh my goodness. Did you know that? Is this like a well-known fact and like only I just found out? Or like did everybody else also not understand the origins of the word stan? (laughs) But you know what? It makes sense because this character stan had this like unhealthy level of fanaticism toward Eminem and like that's exactly what a stan is, right? Like you are somebody that is loyal to an idea or to a person and it like can't be shaken this kind of like unwavering thing until you die which is kind of like stalkery and concerning but also people seem to be using it in a positive way like like you're this like soldier for the person basically it is weird I think it's weird but it's you know this is how language works it evolves with time and then that's what we've decided to use the name stand for 
Anyway, I was super excited to find out that this kid from Casper was Stan in this music video. And then I would have been satisfied with that, but then to like further realize that this is where Stan comes from, and the I get this like enjoyment out of the fact that most of the kids that are using the term Stan were probably like born the year that this song came out, or maybe even after. <laughs> like think about it, that song is from the year 2000. That is 22 years ago. And Stan was added to the dictionary in 2017. So 17 years after that song came out, this word was widely used, enough that it was added to the dictionary. This is why I love languages. But also, I now feel sufficiently older than I did before I started planning this podcast. And um, I hope you all do too, so. I'm actually going to wrap up the episode with this. It would have been wise to have done this last week, but the thought didn't cross my mind. So, you know, I didn't realize it was Valentine's Day. We're going to bring it up now so I can put it behind me and just, like, forget about it. But do you guys remember Valentine's parties at school and making those Valentine's boxes out of, like, an old shoebox or something, and you had to decorate them and make them all fun? And then you would go to the store, typically, because nobody ever handmade their own Valentines or wrote actual Valentine letters, We would just go to the store and buy these like mass-produced Valentine's cards that were already perforated and they had like your favorite TV show, your favorite movie characters, your favorite band, whatever. And you would go in and they'd have like some kind of language on it that was referencing these characters, TV shows, whatever. But you'd get these boxes and even though they were all these like very generic cards, you would still stress about which ones to give people? Or was that just me? Because I know, like, my parents totally would have just preferred that we just, like, take the the roster of the kids in class and just write everyone's name on each of these individual cards, fold them up, use the little heart sticker, close them, and send them off to school. But, like, to me, I felt like my parents were trying to ruin my life if they wanted to do something like that. Because if I had my in-sync box of cards and there was one that said, if you want it, here's my heart, no strings attached, and that got given to somebody that I wasn't in love with, then I was sending them the wrong signals. I mean, what if they ended up reading it and thinking that I was in love with them? What if I sent them the wrong signal and then they, you know, tried to confront me and tell them that the, the, the strong feelings were reciprocated? Then I'd have to deal with somehow nicely letting them down, and I wouldn't have known how to do that, which is honestly a skill that I still have not mastered, even as a almost 30-something adult. Which is kind of silly because it's like as if, you know, me not reciprocating feelings is somehow this super devastating thing or whatever. But I don't think that highly of myself, trust me. But I I still don't like letting people down. Like I just feel like that would somehow hurt their feelings. And that is always really hard for me. But um, that's silly and something that I'm working on. And um, I'll figure that out eventually. But anyway, that could definitely lead to a much deeper conversation in a future episode or something. I don't know. But I'm going to go ahead and jump back to how stressed that I was about making these decisions and thinking that if my family was like being careless about it, that this was somehow the end of the world and my parents were trying to ruin my life and they just didn't understand me. And it's not like I was even like old enough to have teen angst at the time that I was giving these things out. Like, what the heck? But did you guys care about those kind of things? Was this like normal behavior for a young girl? Like, did other people stress about who to give this stuff to? Or did you guys just not care? Was I the only one analyzing this? I can't be the only one analyzing it. Somebody please validate my feelings. Did boys ever think about this thing? What if you were gay? Did you think about this thing? Did you stress about this even more? Because like most of the time at that age, it's pretty much guaranteed that you're not out of the closet. So like, did you have to worry about 
what cards you gave to which boys or like, you know, if you were a girl, the same thing. I feel like girls at that age are like okay with being lovey towards each other regardless. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But I feel like young boys are usually like, they don't want to talk about feelings anyway. So in that case, it may be even more challenging. I don't know. I don't know. If you have insight, let me know. Or, you know, maybe I was just the only ridiculously emotional child that thought about these things. I don't think that's true, though. Anyway, I had a lot more to talk about after a lot of your guys' responses, but I feel like I need to break up this content some more. So today's episode is going to end here. I probably could have turned what I already recorded into two or three other episodes. So um, we'll keep reminiscing periodically in the future, probably about music and some other pop culture references too. If you like this kind of episode, definitely let me know. I do think it would be a good idea to do these with a guest. I think that would just be a lot more fun. So um, yeah, stay tuned for that. That should be a good time. In regards to this episode, I had so much to sift through even after using the transcription from Otter because the energy drink combined with the coffee, the sleep deprivation, the fact that I was like still coughing, I can't speak very long without being unable to breathe. And that night was especially worse. I think it was honestly because of the energy drink and the coffee mixture. But the reason this has become like such a challenge for me to like edit and re-record this is because like I felt like my childhood self that would get into this like super hyper mode and start wrestling with my friend's brother and act crazy wild in the middle of the night. And for whatever reason, we assumed that like popcorn was the food that made me do that, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But I'm sure we had like a ton of other things. But we would decide like, oh my gosh, it's time to get hyper terror out. We would just get out the popcorn and let the chaos begin. And I really felt like in that moment, I channeled that part of me a bit when I was recording the pod originally because I was just like uncontrollably laughing at things that just weren't even funny. And I was hardly able to get any thoughts out. And I kept jumping back and forth from topic to topic. Like if you've ever seen Talladega Nights and you know, like Will Ferrell's characters, children in that movie, they are absolutely ridiculous. I mean, they're funny, but they're kind of insane. But the one boy in one of the scenes, he's like, I'm all jacked up, I'm out and do. And, like, there's this just series of, like, saying these most, like, ridiculous phrases. That whole scene, like, that was me every time I ate popcorn as a kid. And I have no idea why. But, um, honestly, I feel like that is how I felt. That's at least how my brain felt when I was recording this the last time. This is why I don't need to, like, consume any drugs or <laughs> be under any kind of influence. Because my brain does enough as it is and then you like throw caffeine into the works and I can't handle it so just like super sensitive to random influences and so that audio was just such a hot mess and not worth all of the editing that it would have taken to get something usable out of that so I hope that you all forgive me that it's taken just a little bit longer to get this episode out this Monday routines do need to come soon especially because I'm going to be going on a month-long vacation in March and April and I'm just not quite sure how I'm going to manage getting all of this recorded and edited and posted for that entire month and so I may have to take a little bit of a break in March and April we'll have to see but Um, hopefully I'll be able to get some things planned in advance and just like enjoy some of the time off. So, so we'll see, but definitely let me know what you think of this type of episode and I will uh, catch you guys next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Girl Meets 30. If you're looking for more ways to engage in these discussions about growing ourselves through this chaotic, beautiful mess we call life, then come join the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at girlmeets30. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please give it a five-star rating and a follow on your preferred listening platform. Thanks again for your support, and I'll catch you guys next week.